Last week, we introduced you all to the topic of Skinwalker Ranch. You listened as we gave a brief overview of the ownership of the ranch itself and the events that transpired in this remote location in Utah. You probably thought it was a nice story, if a little weird. But what you probably didn't know was just how crazy the story got. You see, when the Shermans bought the property in 1994, they had no idea how the next 10 years of their lives would go, nor how they would forever be changed by what they witnessed on the ranch. I'm Wes. And I'm Jake. Welcome to the Half Talentless Podcast. crazy literally you jake it's like you counted down my yawn it was that was horrible i, I didn't I, want to but i, I couldn't how, help it i don't know how i do these things Goddamn. you uh i keep you awake over there <laughs> yeah you kind of are you're keeping me awake too man i gotta wake up at 8 30 tomorrow you chose this i i like doing the daytime recordings because i don't I have don't to worry like about waking anybody Fridays up because well i'm heading home this friday and <clears throat> No. What if I meant to? I actually meant to ask you before we start recording, but ah, we're here. Um, what if we start doing? What is in my pocket? What if we? What if we start doing uh, like Wednesday recordings? Because I'm always awake on Wednesdays. We can do Wednesday recordings. I mean, if you have the episode ready right <laughs> by Wednesday. All right. Um. It depends on who's. Well, yeah, I, I would be writing it. Yeah. All right. We'll start. We'll, we'll start trying to shoot for that if we can. Okay. Because well, Thursday's gotta... fine. Like today's. You know, <clears throat> I mean, it shouldn't take me long to write the follow-up to this episode, so we should probably be able to record it by next Wednesday. Okay, yeah, so um, for reference, as you probably can tell by now, um, our last episode on Skinwalker Ranch just felt too short. We we Way talked short. about what, um, the, the, what the legend of the Skinwalker was, the history of the ranch ownership, and we briefly touched on a few of the interesting things that happened, but Jake gave us a nice deep dive on the actual crazy shit. And when I say crazy shit, I mean crazy shit that happens at Skinwalker Ranch. So this is now yeah. going to be a three-part series, um, part one being last week, and this week is part two, as you can we probably can, tell. Do you want to rename the, the episode in post? <clears throat> like, we can just go and rename it now? Because we can edit episode descriptions yeah on yeah we can do that shit way, we're in charge we should mention Wes. we had our first episode to pass 100 downloads yeah for some reason yep it was between the seventh and the tenth <laughs> day after crop circles alien encounters was uploaded it went from having like 33 downloads tying the uh highest one which it which was at that point was uh <clears throat> jack the ripper part three which had just actually overtaken Ray Rivera Part 1. Ray Rivera um, Part 1. 
Yeah. But, right? Like, I checked it literally three days later, and it had gone from 33 to 135. That's insane. <laughs> that is... That is unprecedented. Again, the next highest episode has 39 downloads at this point. Jake, what can I say? We're just famous. We're famous now. It's as it's simple as that. We're famous. What really disturbs me is that means like 100 people who have not listened to any of our other episodes <laughs> listen to that one and think we're like that. Like... We had a tentative agreement. Like these we fucking were, hicks. We were, what the yeah. hell? We had a tentative agreement that we were never going to address why we did country accents for that episode, which I still think we should not address. Yeah. But never will. We'll never talk about it again. Like that. <laughs> Can you imagine the difference? Like someone hears that, like these guys are great. And they listen to the next, like who the fuck are these two? Are these two. Yeah, this is a different group of people. Where's Meemaw? <laughs> Makes me so happy. <laughs> dude, dude Meemaw, we still haven't gotten bail money for Meemaw. We She's still, still sitting there, bro. Bail money for Meemaw. Poor Meemaw. Oh, man. <laughs> After she went all, all that work to double-decker that computer. Oh, man. <laughs> man, uh, it added a couple more charges, but damn, it was worth it. Totally worth it, yeah. <laughs> obstruction of justice? I mean, I, I now have to... Obstruction. <laughs> Jesus. I now have to rewrite Mothman, but hey, it is what it is. Did you already write Mothman? No, you didn't. Don't lie to me. Fuck no, I didn't. It was a yeah. perfect excuse to say, hey, I haven't written it yet, but I'm yeah. going to start. Yeah, so That's going to be um, I, I in texted two weeks. Wes like two days ago, and I was like, hey, have you written an episode for this week? Are you going to be ready to record by Thursday? And he goes, fuck no, I have not started writing. I have no idea what I'm going to write. <laughs> And so I'm like, all right, well, I've been meaning to go more in-depth on Skinwalker Ranch. So I went to Audible, got a free trial, and I've listened to nothing but that audiobook for, like, two days. Well, I thought that was, like, I thought that was a deal. I thought, like, you you even said, you're like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this book, and I'm going to write it. I was like, okay, all right, Chief, you do it. Yeah. And uh, you know what, Jake? I give you credit. You fucking did it. Yeah, I've got about 12 I didn't even think about an audiobook. It's a genius. Well, I also That's smart. Wes, we we might have to cut this out, but I also found a free PDF online, um, which I can send you. Actually, I think I did send you, didn't I? Uh, you absolutely should. No I'll way you sent me it. I'll send it to you. Hold on. You know what, Jake? Rather than cut this out, we should just put like, like the some sort of music or noise. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no explanation. None needed. You know what? Fuck it. If we're if we're if we're doing some PDF maneuvering, I'm gonna grab a soda. Dude, wait. Oh man. Well now I can't. Andy's back. Okay. Uh did you Wes Did you double space all this? Did I what? Did double, I double space, space all the this? text. What do you mean did I Yeah. Oh. I did Remember yeah, in I school double space my I always double space my my, uh, my 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 outlines. So that's so that's how we got twelve episodes, uh, twelve pages. Okay. So we always get twelve pages. Let's you know who doesn't double space? Yeah, I know you don't double space. Me, I don't. I also use Comic Sans, Jake. Yeah, you use because <laughs> I don't like care. A font of like eighteen. So shut up. I don't. I, it's a font of twelve. Absolutely is not. Yeah, there we go. 
100% is. I, I can edit this page and show you. Watch this. Wes, you will have to download the PDF. See? Look. Oh, did you fuck with my page, dude? I wasn't looking. Yeah. Oh, wait. You, everything's at 11? Why? I don't know, dude. It's just. Yeah, like, see, look. Oh. Look. See? Dude, look at how fucking massive see? that font is compared to everything else. You have it double spaced! Is it Times New Roman? It looks weird. Oh my god. No, you didn't even change it. It's the generic Arial. Arial. I want to say Arial, but it can't be. That's an A. Arial. Arial. You Ari several fonts, so I can't. Arial. <laughs> no, you did that. I didn't do that. You did okay, Jake, right, whatever. Why is, <laughs> Jake, why is. Why is Sun. We will get to that. We will get to that. We will get to that. Whoa, um, alright. Yeah. Oh yeah, we have a fucking episode to put out. Sorry, let's get back to it. Thank you. Jesus, you've been so off topic. So we're going to start with uh, what the Shermans witnessed. Um, so first we're going to talk about the, the thing that brought all of this uh, into the attention of the Shermans was the wolf. So last episode we covered the incident in which the Shermans witnessed a massive wolf that barely reacted when shot with a buffalo rifle. We talked about how Sherman and his son, you said it was Sherman and his father, it was actually Sherman and his son, pursued the animal for a while. Well, I said it was, I said it was, I said it was Sherman and his father because I was referring to the son in that moment. Well, so you're actually just, have a wife. you're just rolling. No, you said Terry's wife, Gwen, and Terry's, Terry's wife Did was Gwen. Did I say Terry? But yeah, you did say Terry. Is the son David? Uh, I actually don't know the son's What's name. What's the son's they name? They used fake names. I, I, in I think the, it's David in the book, and I yeah. only. Hold on. Now they used they used pseudonyms in the book, but their real names actually became public later on. I knew so, that. um, we're referring to them just for reference as the pseudonyms, as the uh, the false identities. It's also important to mention that um. The Shermans were the second family to own the ranch after the original family. Now, remember, the original two said that in their, what was it, like 70 or 80 years, years on the farm, on the, on the property, they, they did nothing. They claimed to have never seen anything. Or, sorry, or they have they never, never, they never reported anything. I don't think that's the same. So maybe they did see something, but they no. just kept quiet about it. Yeah. Anyway. Now, their neighbors still did. Yeah, their neighbors reported stuff quite frequently. Dude, there's like eight different fonts on my fucking page, and I'm so mad at you about you it. You did this. You did this. I'll take over for a minute. So, Hold on. just to recap, <laughs> since we've been so off topic. So, the Shermans, uh, their you. whole... Oh my god, please stop. Their whole story starts with the wolf. Yeah. Um, and like Jake said, last episode, when we talked about it, um, it barely reacted when shot with uh, a pistol it was a 357 magnum so he gets a buffalo rifle which would put a hole in an suv and it barely reacts when shot with it i believe yeah. when i heard it, it was like a chunk of the shoulder it or something small the shoulder off but there was no blood on the scene yes and then sherman um, he and, and his, his son, son terry and yeah. and we'll call him david uh they they pursued the animal for a while only for the tracks to suddenly disappear as if the animal had vanished into thin air. Um, 
this was they never really had an explanation for this for this and it really freaked david and to a lesser extent terry out um we also mentioned in the last episode that Gwen Sherman also saw the wolf again when she was in her car about a week later, and that the wolf was accompanied by what seemed to be an animal resembling a scruffy dog with a large head. Uh, these stories were the beginning of the encounters with the unexplained for the Sherman, but far from the last. Um, <coughs> we also talked about how when the Shermans moved into their house, they, they noticed that all the cabinets and windows had deadbolts on them, and the win- windows had deadbolts on either side. Uh, we mentioned that there was poltergeist-like activity and that objects would go missing only to be found later in different locations with no apparent reason as to why. What we didn't talk yeah. about... Uh, do you remember when we... The Shermans. Sorry, what were you saying? No, I was just saying, when we talked about it, that came up directly after these two, uh, the original owners, were mentioned. If they didn't see anything, why is why is the the uh, the home boarded up and they moved yeah. the homestead because originally it was on the west side of the property they moved it to the east which is where the shermans there ended up also, locating there was also i don't i don't mention this in the <clears throat> in the outline but when the shermans bought the property from the you know owners before them the owners before them specifically put in a clause into the contract that they could not <clears throat> dig on the property without asking their permission first. Yeah. So the Shermans could not dig on the yes. property without asking the previous owner's permission first, which is weird. Which, spoiler, they fucking do. We even mentioned that. Do you remember I talk about how he put up a fence? They absolutely do. Because um, Terry Sherman is just kind of like, who gives a fuck? He doesn't on the property so much as he does put up a fence on the property. Like, yeah, but they, they dig the holes for the fence. Tiny holes. For the I fence posts. I don't see that as digging on the property. No, I know, but I'm saying... I, I'm saying by technicality they are breaking ground which if that has to do with the skinwalker and like the native american legend of the skinwalker maybe that's why they're like don't fuck with anything because I mean, you're just that, like at that, that point you're asking later for on so that happened after all the other i know i'm just saying after some of the other activity um we'll get into it because yeah like like we kind of talked touched on when we talked about the skinwalker like this idea of the wolf that that's you know what else could you call that if they really did see this massive wolf if they really did have this encounter as it's told in the book that's almost word for word step by step the stuff we talked about when we talked about the legend of the skinwalkers so it's like yeah. already off to a great start for them yeah um there's a lot of activity that we're going to talk about that could be attributed very easily to the Skinwalker if if you believed in Skinwalkers. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about it. Anyway, so after they saw yeah. the wolf, they actually looked into any explanation they could, they could find to explain what they had seen. Uh, they were relieved, in fact, when one of their neighbors told them that the property was, in fact, home to a pack of large wolves. So they're like, okay, we're not the only ones seeing them. It's fine. But... After Gwen saw the wolf again, this time with a weird dog, she went to the tribal office in Fort Duquesne the next day to complain and have the wolves removed. She was annoyed and perplexed when they told her that there were no wolves in this part of Utah. In fact, the last one had been shot and killed in 1929. It should be noted, they saw these wolves almost a year before a herd of gray wolves was supplanted in the Yellowstone National Park and Central Idaho in 1995, and a few years after which, uh, sorry, a few years after that, some of those wolves would be found in Utah. But this was way before that. 
Yeah, so, I mean, it's possible, like, that there could be wolves. You know, it's possible that there could be, like, maybe some wolves that hadn't been found. But this is not, like, a really area. remote I, part frankly, of Utah. I, I don't believe that there were any wolves in the area at the time. Um, not, I, I'm the same way. I don't, there's no way. So, uh, after a few weeks of occasional sightings of large animals, the family just stopped seeing them around the ranch and kind of quickly forgot about them. Then, in late 1994, the poltergeist activity began. This activity began to worry the family, and after a while, even Terry was showing signs of worry. Around this time, Terry's nephew came to stay at the ranch for a few weeks, and Terry was determined to turn him into an outdoor kid. Now, Wes, you might well, have wait a minute, wait a minute, name... wait a minute. What? I'm sorry. David is the nephew, right? Yeah, that's what... Yeah, that was the... At least David was the yeah. name of the nephew in the book. So that's probably not... Yeah, that's where I thought of it. Yeah. I also very much remember that, quote, outdoor kid is a really yeah. loose way of putting it. Like, they, Ter- the Terry, basically, basically, Terry's... Yeah. yeah. I'll let you say Yeah, it. he was like, this kid's a pussy. I'll, I'll toughen him up, bring him over to the camp, and I'm going <laughs> to turn him into a man. Wait, what? And it didn't fucking go in well. The, okay, in the book, it's described that his nephew was a city kid, and they wanted to break him into the ranch lifestyle. That's how it's described. Mm-hmm. That is the polite way of saying this kid's a pussy. Let's harden him <laughs> up a little bit, because you Perhaps. see the shit Terry does to him and like, like, sort of pushes into him into. It's not. It's wild. Was Go I ahead. Read the book. I, I I don't know what you're talking about. Um, maybe I'm missing something. Go ahead, okay, or maybe so I'm over exaggerating. Terry told his son and nephew to accompany out him outside for a nighttime patrol of the ranch. This was before the sunset. However, he did know full well that his nephew was afraid of the dark, and this was an attempt to break that fear. Yes, this were, is what I was is, thinking of a, when he when he literally. This looks bad. Yeah, but that's I what I was thinking say... of because literally he's like, that. Sorry, that was where I was going with it because he was like the way <laughs> I had remembered hearing it was that the nephew really didn't want to be there and didn't want to no. be doing this shit. And well, Terry's like, I see. don't you'll care. See. I just, you'll see. So. As they were patrolling the ranch not long before sunset, Terry spotted what appeared to be a trespassing RV about a half a mile to their west. Terry led his son and nephew toward him, toward it, and when they were about 200 yards away, it began to move away from them. This convinced Terry that whoever was in the RV had night vision equipment because at this point it was dark, and so they began to jog after the RV. As they followed, he was amazed at how smoothly the RV was moving along the rugged terrain and that the headlights did not appear to be bouncing at all. Then he noticed that the RV's lights had now raised in the air a few feet, which puzzled him. They sped up, and so did the RV. As they approached a fence, Terry realized what was happening. The RV was somehow lifting itself into the air and over the fence. As they approached a larger fence near the edge of the property, Terry was sure the vehicle would have to stop. But he also noticed that even though they were only 200 yards away, he could not hear the engine. As they watched, the vehicle lifted itself further into the air until it was over the tree line which stood about 50 feet tall. At this point, it was silhouetted against the horizon, and he noticed that it was no RV. It was an oblong craft with a headlight and a red light on its back, with a tail light, uh, like a tail light, and it looked vaguely like a refrigerator. It flew away over the tree line, making no sound in the progress. <laughs> the nephew didn't stay long after that. Can you imagine his that? His family told the Shermans that he would not return while they lived on the property. Wes, <laughs> you don't understand. They See, like, that's what I mean. after, like, in the book... Terry's like that's what I mean. I'm, I'm yeah, an experienced runner, and even I was winded at this point. 
Yeah. You know, the motherfucker was like, let's get these guys. And then meanwhile, his poor nephew's like, I don't want to be here. I'm scared of the dark. Then he witnesses a fridge flying over the trees. Like, get out of here. I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't. Nope. <laughs> I wouldn't be out in the dark like that anyway. There's snakes out there. Fuck that. Well, you'll, you'll and big-ass wolves that can't be killed by buffalo rifles. What the fuck is that? Terry and Gwen in particular do this a lot. You'll see. So... Uh, a few weeks later, Terry and Gwen would be walking along the property when they would hear a metallic banging coming from their right. They stopped to listen, only to hear the sound again coming from what seemed to be a couple hundred feet above them in the darkness of the night. It's nighttime and they're walking out on the ranch. Don't ask me why. Gwen then noticed a bright light in front of them and Terry thought it was a vehicle. As they approached, it lifted off the ground, moved 50 yards away, and then landed again. Terry realized it was the craft he had seen weeks earlier. Every time they tried to approach the craft, it silently lifted up and moved another 50 yards away from them. Then from behind them, they both heard the metallic sound again, so they turned to look. When they looked back, the craft was gone. They walked to where they had last seen it and found no sign that it had ever been there at all. It was around this <laughs> Can you imagine that, dude? Like... Oh, Wes, by the way, Nagloshi. Ooh, or ye nadlu nad... You're an asshole. You're a piece of shit. I know exactly what that is. You're a piece of shit. That's the uh, Navajo word for skinwalker. You're an asshole. Both of them, actually. You're an um, asshole. You know who's closer to Utah right now? Stop Utah, saying it, you piece Utah's of shit. to the west, man. You're a closer to I know. Utah. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I know. Stop it. God. Well, I was going to say, before you had to go off on this old tangent, thanks a lot, dickhead. What I was going to say was that imagine being that alien sitting in that little, like, refridge thing. Like, like they keep walking. Fuck it. Leave me alone. I'm trying to work. God. Terry says says in the book that he, well, or, sorry, it's later said in the book, according to Terry's testimony, that Terry thought it was fucking with him. And it pissed him off. There are a lot of of times when Terry's like, this thing is fucking with me, and he gets really pissed off. There's even one moment in the book where he describes how he fucked with it, and he felt amazing. (laughs) Like, We'll we'll get into it. Oh, this piece of shit. He just outsmarted me. The activity only seemed to increase after Sherman brought his cattle to the property, and by winter he had begun patrolling the property in an attempt to get a handle on what was going on. One night as he was doing so, he noticed something out of the corner of his eye and saw, illuminated against the white of the snow, an aircraft that had seemed to appear out of nowhere. It reminded him of a snub-nosed hybrid of an F-117 and a B-2, and as he watched, he noticed Mm -hmm. that it was silent, moving slowly about 20 feet above the ground, and that multicolored lights were appearing on the snow beneath it, although he had no idea how it was projecting those lights. It seemed to be looking for something. It was silent, and as Terry watched, he... He stretched, causing his bones to crack. Instantly, the lights of the craft turned off and it turned toward him, hovering about 15 feet off the ground at a distance of less than 100 yards away. He held his breath and it moved away from him at the same speed until it was gone. Okay, so Jake, just for the listeners so that they understand what this looked like, go ahead and explain real quick a hybrid of a snub-nosed F-17 and a B-2. Go ahead real quick. So you guys, you guys have seen Black Panther, right? It's like, <laughs> it's like what it's like the Wakandan air vehicles, you know. Think about it like that, but also well, not like in, in the opening scene where it had the camouflage. 
No. Or are you going for something else? What were you? What the hell were you going for? It looks nothing like what I'm describing, Wes. Let's just move on. I don't know how to describe what it's. I imagine it's some sort of angular, vaguely triangular, um, sharp, yeah, yeah, kind of, um, yeah. Anyway, almost like a triangle, right? Yeah. Well, also, did you just describe it? Did you just describe it as like hunting? Is that is that how I heard that? He he is you know like he had a little crack in his bones, and then bam, it just lights turn off and it so turns towards him, and he has to like hold his is, breath. There are times when he will describe craft like this and say they are he thinks they're looking for him, and like like I said, he does <clears> fuck <throat> with one at one point. The way he does that is he hides from it, like it basically. I guess I won't have to describe this later. This is later on in the, the experiences, but he he's he routinely goes out on like hunts for these things. He'll like go out and try to find them and figure out what's going on, which is weird. What a He'll genius! He'll do this like at night, and like the way he describes it, he spends like hours just slowly crawling as silently as he can to get into a good position, and then he'll just wait until they show up. Um, at one point, he describes that he was standing in a field and he noticed it was out there and it kind of seemed to be looking at him and he like he felt like he was being watched so but anytime he looked at it or pointed like i think he had a, his rifle on him anytime he pointed his rifle at it it would like go behind a ridge and disappear until he looked away um huh. so one time he looks at it so it goes behind the ridge and then he quickly jumps behind a hay bale and when it comes back, he, he can vaguely see it. And he just sees that it's like looking for him. It's like pointing lights at the ground. It's trying to find him. And it can't find him. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, he, he just starts fucking shouting at it. Like, yeah, fuck you. He starts taunting it. And it, it fucking quickly flew away. And he was like, I won. <laughs> That's how he describes it. Oh, so he didn't, he didn't start yelling at the aliens. And they immediately picked him up and anally probed him. Not that's what I would have expected to happen. As far as I can tell, there's no well, human anal probing in this in this story. Ah, nice teaser. Anyway, a few weeks later, Terry was out of town when Gwen also saw a similar object hovering over her car. She noticed that there were multicolored lights on the ground as it kept pace with her all the way back to the house, at which point it continued off in that direction, and she went inside. She called Terry, pretty fucking freaked out, and he calmed her down. An hour later, she was washing dishes in the kitchen when she looked outside the window. She noticed what appeared to be a large RV in the pasture about 200 yards from the window. She could see inside the RV, which was brightly lit, and noticed what appeared to be a desk inside. As she watched, a figure in what appeared to be a black uniform with black headgear moved into view and sat at the desk. Suddenly, the figure stood up and went to what appeared to be a light-filled doorway, at which point she noticed the size of the figure. It looked about 7 feet tall and probably male. The figure seemed to be looking out the doorway directly at her. She closed the drapes and quickly called Terry, who drove home immediately and arrived in the morning. They walked out to where she had seen the RV, I'm putting that in quotes because it was probably that rectangular craft, sorry, and immediately saw huge footprints in the mud. They were boot-shaped prints of almost 18 inches long and were entirely smooth and without the ribs you would see on a military boot, with a prominent rounded heel. So it's like Bigfoot in a gimp suit chilling in an RV watching her while she's doing the dishes? I don't think it's a gimp suit. Sure. That's kind of what I heard. Okay. So there's a brief description of the suit in the book that I didn't feel was necessarily required because 
basically it looked like it was it was wearing like almost like a tracksuit kind of thing with uh long boots and uh like a visor um like a like a head like a helmet with a visor um so you understand you're we're still on like okay what? No, no, I was just going to say, you're still pretty vaguely close to a gym suit. I'm not saying it, that's <laughs> what it is, I'm just saying. You've never seen a gym suit in your life. Absolutely not. You're lying to me. I I have. I watched the movie uh, This is the End, in which Channing Tatum wore a gym suit. And it looked nothing like a tracksuit, Wes. It's leather and very tight. There's two things a tracksuit is. Have you ever seen what a tracksuit Have you ever seen what a tracksuit is? Have you never seen Despicable Me? Vec, you know, Vector really stretches out that tracksuit. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Vector really stretches out that tracksuit. Have some shame, man. <laughs> like, god damn. Jake, you should, um... <coughs> I'm taking a drink. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, so tracksuits are like this vinyl plasticky kind of thing not not leather anyway whatever okay so, it's a cheap gimp suit like that you on. got from spirit halloween we i don't know all right so the phenomena of refrigerator light craft with lights coming out of them are actually known in the ufo community as chupas and there's actually one case in brazil that we are 100 percent going to cover at some point um Ooh. yeah the way it's mentioned in the book it sounds fucking crazy if it had anything even remotely to do with Skinwalker Ranch, I would have included it. But it doesn't. So, because uh, a lot of times, like, every Damn. other chapter in the first half of the book goes into, like, like, one in the chapter talking about, like, Skinwalkers and how we learned about the curse, it goes into a brief history of the ranch as well as what Skinwalkers are. Um, that's, like, that's, like, an entire chapter. And then it goes back into the Sherman story. And then when they mention something else, it'll go into it. A chapter about that it does that a lot so i've just included i've not included those gotcha those um so next they began to see what they described as strange unworldly orange structures that would appear in the sky to the west every family member saw these and they appeared a little above the trees about a mile away from the house terry would use binoculars and the scope of a night vision rifle to look at these structures and one time described seeing a blue sky through the structure which was weird because it was nighttime at this point this led Sherman to believe that what was happening on the ranch was likely the result of other dimensions. On several occasions, Sherman would see what appeared to be a craft come through this structure as if the structure was a hole in the sky that they were emerging from. Sherman also said that the structure appeared different from different angles and as such was only really able to be fully seen from the house. Like, Dude, I'm dead serious. When... Like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying that the multi-dimensional theory is legit or not I, like i don't care if you believe it or not believe in it or not it is a massive part of this story and yeah. that is like probably the most terrifying um theories i think i've ever heard because there's an abduction story we're going to talk about uh the betty and abduction which i'm going to write an episode on at some point because she she is probably the most um believable and also the craziest abduction story i think in history like she goes through these other dimensions and shit it's crazy but the point is like whether you believe in it or not the sheer terror that that has to cause for there to be, yeah, it'd be fucking portals to other dimensions 
And I do you happen to have? Do you remember the story I I uh, talked about last episode of a creature that goes through the portal? Do you happen to have that in here? Uh, no, that's gonna be next episode. Because that oh, didn't okay. happen All right, until until later on. Well, we'll we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll leave it. But that is easily one of the most terrifying things, in my opinion, of this story, and probably that I've heard in a long time. Yeah, there. There are some things in this story that scare the shit out of me. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. You understand, I kept hearing someone in there, and I didn't know who it was. And you're, like, did you're so lucky you? I have to be turning my head. No, she almost did. Like, if I hadn't turned my head that moment, and I turned and you're standing there, I was scared the piss out of you. You know that? Damn it. I would have pissed myself on recording. Mom, we're doing Skinwalker Ranch. Yeah. This is fucking scary. Fine. <laughs> Did mom just leave? She, she's, <laughs> she, I'm not cutting anything. <laughs> she, she, she silently, you know, slipped away saying, cut that out or, or miming, cut that out. I was like, nope. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't do, I'm not cutting this out. Tell mom I said hi right away. Jake says hi. Okay. She says hi, Jake. Anyway. Anyway. So, a short while later, cattle began to disappear, and over the course of a few months, five cattle disappeared without a trace. On one occasion, the animal's tracks led to an open field where they stopped suddenly. Terry could tell that the animal had been running. He never saw that cow again. On one occasion, in April 1995, Terry and his son were corralling cattle, and his son was chasing a calf when he noticed another cow in a nearby creek, trying to make its way up the muddy embankment in the pouring rain. It was distressed and making noises to indicate it needed help, so Terry's son made a note to return and help it when he got the calf back. About 20 minutes later, he returned to find the animal dead in the canal. The water wasn't that deep, so when he saw that the cow had been heavily mutilated, he called for his dad. Because at first he assumed it had drowned, and he was like, how the fuck did it drown in that yeah. stupid water? So they noticed that the mutilating had been done very precisely with a very sharp instrument. They made a hole about six inches in diameter into the cow and removed the cow's internal organs without drawing any blood, as if they had been sucked out. A few months later, Terry found another dead cow. This time, he had seen mysterious lights above the cattle the night before. This was common at this point, and this cow had similar mutilations to the first, although its ear had also been removed and there was a puddle of a weird brown liquid near the cow's shoulder. As he looked, the liquid was evaporating quite rapidly. He put his finger in the liquid and it felt cold and it smelled like chemicals, but not any that he recognized. The liquid evaporated before he could sample it. That's that's just genius. That's fucking genius. You know what, Jake? There's a mysterious chemical that possibly just killed your cattle. Let's stick my finger in it. <laughs> so What is this guy thinking? My personal theory is that that was some sort of disinfectant or you know, preservant to... Agreed. Um, to keep the cows from... from or whatever they extracted from the cows from... from uh, decomposing decaying of um, any sort yeah so in early 1996 another two of his cows were mutilated and this time he noticed that the corpses were decaying slower than they should have by this time he had noticed that each time he would see the lights the night before there would be thunderstorms the day of and each time the mutilation seemed to be so precise as to be only achievable by a master surgeon jake what? did you leave out the one where the cow has a giant hole in its anus uh, or have we not gotten there yet? Well, 
there are a lot of them where cows have giant holes during this, but I'm pretty sure I exclude... Yeah, but did you not specifically say that? No, I didn't specifically say that. <sighs> I, had um, such a, I had such a good joke for that. Go ahead, say it. I can't say it. You would have had to talk about it. So it was a situational thing, Jake. And its entire anus had been removed. You didn't do any noise. You just you just stepped. Yeah, that's vibration. I can't hear that through the headphones. What's going on? Is mom back? Mom tried to scare me again. God damn it! Yeah, she went. She left. She'll get you one of these times. Did you tell her what happened to me? She tried. Devastated. No, we're leaving that out. I don't want. I don't. She she will hit me because I'm in in smacking range. You're not. We're leaving what out? Meemaw gets a phone call. She'll be fine. Okay. <laughs> she gets a phone call. Anyway, so uh, then came the orbs, which we briefly talked about last episode. The Shermans began to see blue orbs, slightly smaller than a basketball, which appeared to be made of glass and filled with glowing blue bubbling liquid, which would make electric, almost staticky sounds, and they were also capable of producing intense feelings of fear within the Shermans, with Terry, a man who had had near-death experiences before, saying that it was the worst fear he had ever felt. They also noticed that when these blue orbs approached electronics, these electronics were affected. For example, when it would approach the outdoor lights, they would dim with proximity, and when the orb floated away, they would brighten again. Around this time, rumors about the ranch began to spread. And one day, the Shermans received a visitor. The man was six foot two and blonde. And when Terry told him to leave, he said that he just wanted to meditate on the property. Terry was slightly amused. Oh my God, I remember this. Yeah. And the man chose a spot in the clearing near some trees. Terry was about 30 yards away from the man. And Terry's son was back by the truck when the stranger began to meditate. At the distance, in the distance, sorry, Terry heard the chime of a cowbell which he thought was weird because he didn't put cowbells on his cows. It seemed to be coming from the trees, and as Terry listened, he heard it again, this time closer. Terry looked at his son, who seemed puzzled, and the stranger didn't seem to notice. Terry looked into the trees and saw a faint blur, and thought something very big was approaching very rapidly. It seemed to be circling the clearing, until it burst into the clearing and went straight for the man. Terry and his son could not exactly see it, and later described it as looking like the predator in cloaking mode. It stopped inches away from the man and roared in his face. Terry said it was like a half bear, <laughs> half lion. The man leapt back and fell down and then immediately started screaming as the creature turned and ran back into the trees. Terry went to check on the man who was still screaming and the man immediately grabbed hold of Terry and started crying. <laughs> After a few minutes of the man not letting go, Terry said, if you do not let go, I'm going to hit you. The man then promised to let go of Terry if Terry got him back to his vehicle, so Terry and his son took him back. The man left and promised never to return, and Terry later estimated that the creature was moving about 50 to 60 miles per hour when it had entered the clearing. So, in the book, it's described this as like is, a blur, easily... almost like... Oh, sorry, what? No, I was just saying, that is my. this is easily my favorite encounter in the entire story. Like, it, not only do they have, you know, flying fridges and gimp suit um fridges but this son of a bitch 
they have the predator on the ranch too who runs up on this stupid fucking hippie and roars in his face that's insane like why first off why does this dude just roll up on their property like can i meditate here (laughs) no leave assholes like that are always going to show up but the way it's described in the book it was almost like like heat lines that come off the road that's what it kind of looked like and terry and his Mm -hmm. son both saw it or like didn't see it it was like midday and they couldn't see it they just saw this like blur yeah and then when they were later watching the movie predator with their family what what's up Uh, i was just gonna say i I gotta pee real quick are you fucking serious (laughs) i can't help it I've been drinking this Pepsi. I've been so invested. Okay, hold on. Let Wasn't me finish thinking. this, and then and then we'll we'll uh, we'll okay. We'll, Pee break. All know. right. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so, uh, <laughs> Terry estimated that the creature was moving about fifty to sixty miles per hour when it entered the clearing. And later, when Terry and his son were watching the predator with the family, they loudly exclaimed when they saw the predator in cloaking mode. They're like, "That's what we saw. That's what it looked like." And everyone's like. Really? And they're like, how the fuck is this thing invisible? Um, you can go pee. All right, we're back. Wes went pee because he's a child. Anyway, um, I'm just saying you could have. Oh yeah, peed. only children pee. We could you could have peed before, before the, for the recording. I didn't have to pee then, Jake. Oh, I knew you'd say that. You know who else says that, Wes? Children. You know what I did? Well, maybe they've right got maybe they've got something going. What? So I wouldn't have to be. That's TMI. Didn't want to know that, dude. You, <laughs> fucking hate you. All right. So then, in April 1996, Terry saw the blue orb again. He sent his three loyal dogs after it, and it seemed to almost play with the dogs as it evaded them. It hovered just out of their reach and seemed to be leading them into a group of trees. Once out of sight in the trees, Terry heard the dogs yelp. And he described it in the book as a sound that chilled him to the bone and the sound of dogs Uh, yelping in fear and mortally wounded. He was too afraid to check on them. This story is no longer fun. And a few hours later, he went inside and and went to sleep. When he came back out in the morning, he found three greasy smears in burnt circles of grass in the clearing. This was the last straw. Terry loved those dogs, and so he agreed to sell the house. In 1996, the property was sold to one Robert Bigelow and his organization, the National Institute for Discovery Science, or NIDS. Terry took a job with NIDS as the ranch manager, and the NIDS NIDS purchased a few dozen cows to use as bait, which Terry took care of. At this point, NIDS sent out three PhD scientists to investigate the ranch. One of them was a physicist whose whose name we do not know. Another one was Colm Kelleher, a biologist. They also had a veterinarian with them. So Colm Kelleher is actually the one who wrote the book that I'm basing this entire outline off of. Mm-hmm. Um, well, he <clears throat> co-wrote it with a journalist named... Uh, hold on. You know what? I'm going to be entirely honest with you, Jake. Fully honest with you. Um, nap. In the past minute that you've been talking, I've been watching this edit of uh, Endgame where it's Avengers Assemble, but it's chickens instead. Chickens assemble. You don't need to play it. You don't need to play it. (laughs) 
Yeah, but you have to see it's ch they're chickens. It's not actually just Avengers Endgame. It's got the Endgame music. Oh, it's, I'll just send it to you now. <laughs> We're gonna get no, I only played a tiny bit. I only played like a little tiny bit. That's not how it works. That is how. Fair use. I'm sorry. We're famous now. I have to hold I us to a higher standard. We're not famous. Shut up. Anyways, they also had a veterinarian with them. Upon their arrival, Terry showed them two of his neighbor's cows who had died, although they had been dead for over 48 hours and didn't appear to be mutilated, and therefore no useful information could be determined. Terry then showed them the spots where his dogs were incinerated, and there were still three circles of dead grass surrounded by three, uh, three feet tall grass everywhere else. Oh, he sent me the link. Okay. Terry then showed them the two cow corpses from earlier that had been decomposing slower than they should have. They were almost a year old at this point and were still not fully decomposed. Terry then showed them what? the circular hole. Yeah, dude, it's it's kind of nuts. Like, they should have been nothing but bones at this point, but their pelts were still kind of intact. That is fucking insane. Yeah. So, Terry then showed them two circular holes in the dirt where the dirt and grass had been removed. He said that when he found them, they were about a foot deep and several feet in diameter, and the sides were perfectly straight, as if they had been cut out with cookie cutters. He also said that we, he would find these holes, and then the next night he would see floating lights near the cows, and then he would find a cow mutilated. NIDS began their investigation, and they would deploy two teams at different parts of the property each night, with the teams each having a scientist and one or two other NIDS investigators, and having walkie-talkies to talk to each other. So the teams each had at least one scientist, but sometimes they had more. On September 16, 1996, at around 1.30 a.m., they saw a light as bright as, as a flare hovering over some trees nearby. It hovered for about 10 minutes, then descended into the trees, then re-emerged. They all agreed it was not a helicopter or a star, and therefore was a UFO. This was their first sighting, and morale was high. Needs at this point started interviewing locals, and they collected stories that corroborated those from the Shermans, and they continued doing nightly watches of the ranch. Nid saw one other occasion of a bright light appearing in the sky, and they investigated a few occasions of Terry seeing lights, but nothing really came of it. <clears throat> then, on January 22, 1997, Nids got, got a call from Terry, who reported that some of his cattle had sustained injuries to their eyes and ears the night before. Nids told him to get a vet and to take photos, and when they got the photos, the photos showed that one of his cows had its ear cut and two had round holes in their eyelids. One vet said that oh, this was not Jesus. the work of predators. Yeah, it's pretty fucked up. And Terry agreed, but another older vet said it was predators, and Terry implied later that he believed the older vet had threatened the younger one into silence. When he talks about... What? When, in the book, when it talks about this older vet, the older vet is, like, basic, basically... Basically, it, it was, like, 30 degrees. It, or neg it was 30 under or something. It was, like... It, there was a blizzard. It was very cold. Terry was, like... He, he went into this thinking there's no way it could have been predators. And this younger veterinarian agreed with him he's like it could have been predators but then the older one was like nah it was predators shut up so on march 10th terry found a calf mutilated on the ranch and when nids arrived they noticed that the animal seemed to have been torn apart by a massive force all of the organs and blood had been removed from the cow and there was no blood at the scene Terry told Colm that one of his dogs had suddenly run off when they were where they were standing by the calf, and in the 40 minutes he had gone looking for it, something had taken the calf. The calf was also missing an ear, which seemed to have been cut off with something sharp like a scalpel, and the cut was clean and to the skull. They did a necropsy and examined the surroundings for footprints, which produced no evidence, and the dog that had run away would never be seen again. 
Dude, so, stop fucking with the dogs. It's not making the story fun. Uh, it makes the story even less fun as it goes along. Oh my god, Jake. I'm sorry. I just, I misread this, I misread this next sentence. I thought it, it says two days later, the dogs. I thought it said two dogs later. I was like, oh my god, no. <laughs> two dogs later, yeah. uh, no, by the end of the story, it's going to be like eight dogs later. Um, two days later, the dogs and cattle in the area were still acting jumpy. And at around 11 p.m., the dogs suddenly started barking. The Nids team and Terry quickly ran outside and got in Terry's truck that had a spotlight on it. They found that all the cows were on at one side of the field while one cow was standing under a tree on the other side. Terry believed that meant the cow was in trouble and as they approached in the truck, the spotlight suddenly illuminated two large eyes about 20 feet off the ground in the tree the cow was standing under. Oh. Fuck that? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Terry stopped the car and shot at the animal with his <clears> rifle. <throat> the eyes instantly disappeared and Terry said, got him, I saw him fall to the ground. Terry got back in the truck and they approached the tree only to find that the animal was gone. They split up when suddenly Terry shouted that he saw him and shot twice with his rifle. He said that he had hit the creature at point-blank range. I don't think he actually means point-blank range like we typically consider it in popular culture. Uh, he later says they ran to where he had seen it and it was gone. Terry said that he had been no more than 40 feet away and that it must have weighed 400 pounds. What's up? You breathe in like you're real. I understand kind of what he meant from from um, point blank. Like with a rifle, yeah, 40 feet's not rifle, that far, but yeah, still. Not... Come on, Terry. But 400 pounds? Holy shit! Yeah. Fuck so that. They looked in the snow for tracks and found only one footprint. It was large with two protruding claws and looked like a raptor print, is how it's described in the book. They continued searching mm -hmm. nope. for a while and mm -hmm. only found one other print 20 feet from the first. Terry later told them that he had seen two creatures— one in the tree and one on the ground, and that the one on the ground looked like a large dog. There were no signs of blood. So this is another one where I think this could be attributed to a skinwalker. If, you know, obviously... I, I also agree that, that there is... Um, I mentioned the Betty Andrews, and dude, I'm bumping that up the list because there's something else that reminds me of that from, from that. Um, the Betty Andreessen story reminds me a bit of that moment there's a part um slight spoiler where she talks about creatures she sees that she's very very nervous of and that was a similar description if i'm remembering correctly so i just it makes me think of that i'm absolutely bumping that that um story off the list now we'll, i'll probably we'll start writing into, that out after mothman in the next episode we'll get into the uh the the theories that are mentioned in the books they go in depth there's like a chapter for each one oh yeah uh, and one of them is like other dimensions and other uh, universes and that's actually the one that i think is most endorsed in the book um agreed let's get back so, to the creepy shit yeah on april 2nd terry called nids to report that a calf and a ranch dog had gone missing that same day terry and gwen were counting their animals when they noticed that four of their prized bulls had gone missing they had just checked on the bulls some 45 <clears throat> minutes earlier and were devastated at the idea that they could be lost they found the bulls shortly after in a trailer that was connected to the corral by a door that was locked and had not been opened in years. They noticed that the four bulls were crammed in a small space but seemed to be in a trance. When Terry banged on the side of the trailer, they woke up and went berserk, breaking out of the trailer and stampeding. It took Terry and Gwen hours of work to get them back in the corral. Nids investigated the corral in the trailer and found that the metal bars of the corral were magnetized and that the magnetization increased as you got closer to the trailer. So, <laughs> what the they, fuck? Well, yeah, That's what? insane. Are you reading ahead? No, I'm. I'm. Uh, well, 
I'm sorry too because you said I can't stop. I'm stopping. Yeah, stop it. Okay. <clears throat> so it's kind of funny because in the book they check on him 45 minutes before they find him missing. They check on him and Gwen literally says, "I don't know what I'm gonna do if they go missing." And then they leave, come back 45 minutes later, and they're gone. And they start freaking out and looking everywhere. Oh yeah. And yeah, he, I mean, he just happens. But to that's so crazy because like. It makes sense um, if you're thinking about the idea of maybe another calf was going to be taken or something. It makes sense the bull to take the bulls out of there from like a, I guess a predator point of view because you know those fuckers will try and kill you, but putting them in a trailer where a door that has been opened in years that's that's like that's like fucking portals, man. Well, right? Um, uh, I would not be surprised if like. If someone told me, if someone came up to me and was like, I have video evidence of what happened to those fools, they were fucking teleported in there, I would not be surprised at all. At all. But me either. I, I mean, I, Cole I can't later think describes, like, investigating the trailer, and first off, he says he's surprised the bulls even fit in there, and second off, he says yeah. that there are cobwebs on the inside of the door that do not appear to have, like, it doesn't look like you could open the door without disturbing them. Um, and they're, like, years worth of cobwebs. So he's he's like the bulls break through the door at one point, uh, and and get out and they yeah, destroy the entire interior of the trailer. But like, figured he investigates yeah. it and he thinks it's fucking crazy that they got in there. So it is, it's insane. Um, Terry then told Nids about how the next day he had seen what appeared to be an invisible force move through one of his cow herds, and as it moved, the cows parted around it like like the Red Sea, and he could track it with the needle of a compass. The compass seemed to follow it for about 11 minutes before it disappeared. Terry also showed the Nids team some tracks he had found a few days previously, which were perfectly round and seemed to have come from a mechanical object as opposed to an animal. I am like, I'm briefly going over these encounters. Like, the one with the invisible force is creepy as shit. He describes it as like one of the cows is like heading towards a salt lick. It stops, lowers its head, and starts slowly backing up before it just fully breaks into a run in the opposite direction. And, like, when it parted the cows, they just stampeded in either direction. Mm -hmm. So, it, I, so I'm like, the now. predator just goes walking back through again. That motherfucker... Yeah, like, that motherfucker... The, the lion, bear, predator, heat wave. I mean, there's some stuff I read in this crazy. book that I might have nightmares about. Like, some of it was, like... Dude, I'm telling you! The investigators had, like you know, gotten from neighbors. And some of them are like, like they they included in the background for what skinwalkers are, they included some skinwalker stories they'd come across over the years. Some of those are fucking creepy. Motherfucker, um, there's a reason I never wanted to talk about them because they scare me more than anything. Fucking yeah, they're horrifying. they're pretty fucking spoopy. Uh, if I ever get a gun, I'm dipping every last bullet in ash. Um, cause yes, thank you, you thank you. Them. You have to aim for the neck or head. And so I if you guys ever meet skinwalkers, shoot yep. in the head or neck. With uh, with a bullet you dipped in ash. You know, of course, you should probably make sure. It's you know, be a good way not to meet one. Um, yeah, fair enough. Um, first off, avoid tribal lands. Secondly, stay out of the Midwest. I don't know why the fuck you'd go there in the first place, mm -hmm. unless you're from the Midwest, in which I would say leave. And third, <laughs> don't talk about them. Yeah. So. Yep. Terry also showed the Nids team some tracks he had found a few days previously, which were perfectly round and seemed to have come from a mechanical object as opposed to an animal. I already read that, didn't I? Yeah. Okay. So You're one you're one below that. Yeah. 
As they were checking around the tracks, about 20 yards away, Cohn was hit by a sulfur-like musky smell, and he began to feel like something was watching him, which he determined was coming from his right. He looked and could see nothing. He later wrote in his book that this was one of the only, only times in his entire time on the property that he felt physically threatened. Gradually, the smell receded, and whatever was watching him seemed to be gone. A nearby investigator told him that he too had smelled it. Terry told Combe that he believed the smell was associated with the phenomena of the ranch, and the smell would reappear throughout the investigation, sometimes in a the location they could pinpoint, and other times in their trailer. Yeah, that is 100% Skinwalker shit. I don't yeah. even... Uh, I, let's move on. I don't want to talk yeah. about that anymore. I'm going to so, fucking plug in my Lightning McQueen nightlight after this. Yeah, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I, I might sleep with the lights on tonight. Anyway, so a few days after this event... They were called suddenly by one of the Sherman's neighbors, who told them to head outside immediately and that there were UFOs heading their way. They headed outside and saw nothing for hours. A few days after that, during a heavy downpour, they noticed a faint yellow light coming from a valley in the ranch. They could not investigate at the time due to the darkness and the rain, but the next morning they went down to where they had seen it and found no evidence that it had been there in the first place. The next day after that, Terry and Gwen came to the ranch, when one of the investigators noticed there was a strong magnetic field that was strongest about two feet from Gwen. Gwen left the trailer, and the magnetic field disappeared too. But when she came back, it was gone. Around this time, they built enclosures for the dogs on the ranch, but these enclosures were immediately hit by poltergeist activity. Activity like padlocks would disappear, doors would be found open, and dogs would be mysteriously outside of the enclosure with no explanation as how they got out there. After a while, this activity died down, and everything returned to normal, or as close to normal as the ranch could get. So they checked for, like, footprints. So They had surveillance cameras. Yeah, when, when does this guy finally realize, hey, maybe you shouldn't own dogs, you so, selfish no, fuck. This is, these dogs Don't bring them into this. By nids because they were, like, they, he describes them in the book as biosensors because they were better at about uh, yep. phenomena. So, like, a dog would notice it gotcha. before yep. you would. Um, and it mm -hmm. makes sense. Yeah, yeah that's something they, that people use dogs use for quite often. regarding these. Yep, makes sense. Okay. Yeah, so I... I'm sorry, I just smacked something. Do you something. want me to go into the next thing? Because the next thing's pretty fucking crazy. <clears throat> uh, how far are we? I, I can't see. We're 58 minutes in. I mean, the next thing we talk about... I'll let you... Well, no. I'll no. let you decide. It's up to you, dude. We're at the it's end of a chapter. We're at the end of a chapter. We'll stop here. We'll stop here. Ne All right. Next episode. So good. Good teaser for wild next episode. People, it's gonna be wild. Jake, you're coming back down this weekend. I am. All right. We will discuss um, the rest of the book. We will set up the uh, part three, and then. Um, Probably Wednesday we will record it. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your teaser for part three. Oh, and by the way, Twitter.com, half, capital <clears throat> H, talentless, capital T. Uh, you might want to vote on that little question we posed yet last last week about uh, which one of us. We no need. They all said that. you, dude. No, 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 no. Everybody no, said no. you. I, I, dude, I give you credit. One person I said I give you credit. Everybody no said you. No one else said me. No one else is Jake, I was I was just at work to, Jake, I was just at work today. Everybody unanimously agreed, except for Billy, that it would be you. What what Billy say? Me. 
No, you're lying to me. He's seen us play Fortnite. I'm not lying to you. He's seen that. I now that first of all, this was a oh, second-hand sorry. account, no. so I did not hear it from him personally. One one person did say, all factors considered, the only way to solve who wins is with a no DQ wrestling match with best two out of three pinfalls. To the death, of course. <laughs> was was that Paul? Was it was that Paul. Paul. It was Paul. But no one else has tweeted, <laughs> and if you're listening to this, there's a good chance you like alien type stuff, you know, from crop circles and all that. So uh <clears throat> I mean it's weird. We didn't get a big hit on the engagement until like day seven through ten. And it was we got a hundred between on a Wednesday between the hours of nine and huh. ten. It feels kind of bought. People were busy, dude. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know. It just feels weird. I feel like we would have I don't know. I'm not sure if I necessarily believe this hundred downloads thing. I mean, the only way to prove it, of course, if you are a, a listener who listened to 100, to, you know, if you're one of the 100 listeners, you should you, know, uh, you should tweet us. Twitter.com slash half capital H, talentless capital T. That's half with a capital H and talentless with a capital T, not not half H. You know, Jake, you know what would help our credibility? You know what would help our credibility is if you stopped fucking questioning our credibility and the credibility of our listeners? Anyway, um, yeah. <laughs> This was a really cool episode. I'm so glad you got the book because I, uh, I really wanted to – That this is the type of shit I wanted to talk about. But in the time of me doing – I remember writing it. I'm like, dude, I have none of this cool shit in here and you're you're ready to record right now. I, I was like, this is rough. Yeah. Don't worry. I mean I think – I think <clears throat> I think the first the first episode that we did was like a good brief jumping off point. And like a teaser for these episodes, but these are gonna be where we're gonna yeah, meet. It was a Yeah, last episode was a bit slower, but it is also important to talk about um the outlined history of the ownership because that's something that becomes a big talking point if you don't mention it is um especially a transition from the Shermans to Bigelow and Bigelow to the new owners. Um because the Friends new owners are the ones who kick off that show. Yeah. But I'm not I'm not yeah, planning on watching the show. Um, I wouldn't. Uh, frankly, I think this you book have, you is probably a bunch of enough stuff. to explain this story. Um, I mean, yep. we can do a follow-up episode if you guys really want it. Twitter.com, half capital H, talentless capital T. Uh, just tweet us and tell us you want us to cover the history series. We'll watch <laughs> it. I'll take notes. By that, I mean Wes will yeah. watch it and he'll so, take notes. Uh, um, absolutely. So this week is Skinwalker Part 2, and then Part 3 is next week, and then after that will be Mothman, and I really would like to do Betty and Reason after that, but you know what we should do? What should we do? Let's, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, as I'm working on Betty and Reason, we should also come up with, um, two, like, what, three, three episode ideas, put it out there on Twitter, you know, tell us which one you want to hear. Yeah, we've been getting a lot of the like like Skinwalker Ranch, Mothman, um, crop circles. Those were all ideas from 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 <laughs> listeners. So if you guys have yeah, any more ideas every one for of us, them. again, twitter.com slash half capital H talentless capital T. Uh, tweet us, let us know. Yeah. I actually I'm pretty sure Betty and Dreason will be the first one since before Jack the Ripper, right? No, that won't be a Goatman would have been. What, what what was the last one we chose? Goatman. Wait, did we not choose? Uh, hold on, hold on. No, because Black Eyed Kids was after that. 
Um, all that stuff was viewer or listener uh, requested. I think the last one we chose to do was Goatman. See, we're loyal. We're loyal like that. We did three parts on Jack the Ripper. We were did. Black Eyed Kids in the uh, request? I thought we really wanted to do that anyway. No, well, we did, but Mom wanted to hear it, so we were like, "This is this is for you, Ma," and yeah. we put it out there. Yeah, I guess. And it was good. It I was guess great. The last thing I love that one. Goatman. You're right. Everything since yeah. then has been so, like full, um, full viewer request. Viewer request. Which is kind of how I listener like it. request. At least then I know people are going to listen to it. Agreed. I no. I I completely agree. I would prefer to put something out there. The reason I get an Instagram, so people can like contact us. Uh, we get like, a, like an email, so people can email us. Should we get a Patreon? We got a hundred listeners now, Wes. We should. We're famous. Um, as stupid as it is, I might start a Facebook. Do it, man. Because most of the people that I know who have I've spoken to about it have Facebook, and I just I no, feel like just... that's probably our best bet. Um, yeah, oh, so facebook.com on, on Apple Podcasts or, or Google Play Podcasts or I don't know what else we're on. Samsung Podcasts. Anything we're on Spotify. If you leave reviews for us. Uh, we're also on Audible, by the oh, way. Oh, please do. I didn't realize. Yeah, we're on Audible. That's awesome. Yeah, if you can Guys, leave like, reviews for us, please do. That would be very appreciated. It gives us, you know, much needed feedback so we know what you guys want. I think we're also on Google Podcasts. Mm-hmm. Definitely on Apple Podcasts, right? And we love we we would obviously I would much prefer five stars, <clears throat> but I we also would absolutely just love to hear um, any criticism or um, you know anything you might want to mention about the episode. We'd love to hear it. Good, bad, neither, all of it. Um, on top of that, we again, as Jake said, want to hear what you want to hear because as you see we're pretty we are pretty dead set on putting out content that people want to hear um i didn't know about the betty and Dreesen story until i heard until i listened to the episode that i heard it on and i fucking it, it threw me for eight different loops so i really want to put it out there especially after this episode um but like i said we're loyal so mothman will be after uh skinwalker ranch yeah, so let us know again if you want to see anything. If you want to see Betty and Reason, let us know. We can move it up in front of Mothman if you want. Yeah. I, I, we can leave that open to people. I, I mean, we'll. we'll I, I think people might want to hear. Again, please continue. If you yeah. haven't already told us on Twitter who you think would win in a fight, let us know. Uh, we're going to try to get some more social media. Accounts. No, 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 no. It's not a uh-huh. fight. It's a death match. Let's death make match. that very clear. Fight I feel like so, some people weren't paying. Some people weren't paying attention to that Wes, part. They were cool. Jake us, would, which one do you think Jake is a would... better killer instinct? Whoa, 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 whoa. It's not all about killer instinct, buddy. Remember how we were talking about being a, how I'm a thinker and I could, <laughs> sure, I could use my thinker, <laughs> intellect. By the way, we, we just got over 400 downloads yesterday, actually. Yesterday we crossed the 400 threshold. Are you serious? Yeah, dude. 400 total downloads. Total? All time. All time. 227 of which were in the last 30 days. Dude, we're just famous. There's no, we're it's not, not bots. It's just us. We're, we're not famous. It, we are. All right, go to twitter.com backslash twi- uh, half capital H, countless capital T. Tell us, just agree with me that we're famous. Mention that I would absolutely win the death battle. Not true. You know what? I'd like to hear your 
as not you, Jake, but the fans, I'd like to hear your setup for a death battle, the weaponry, the setting, the yeah, armor. Tell us what you would want to see. And we're, we'll start a Patreon, and if we can raise over $10,000, we'll do it. <laughs> we'll do it. Fight, we'll fight to, the, to death. the death. That's not true. Winner gets the money. That. We're not doing that. We might start a Patreon at some point. If Ten, I'd do it. High engagement. I'd kill if you for 10k. If we keep getting over 100 downloads per, per episode, I'll start a Patreon. I mean, I'll do it. it I'll do it right we'd now. We'd have to commit to, like, we'd have to give them some other content. We're still trying to get Sweat Saturdays out there. Wes has yet to upload it. Um... I said it yesterday. It didn't come through as a video. It wouldn't open. Okay, you know what? Fine. Just give me the YouTube account information, and I'll upload it. It's a terribly edited video, no. but I just want it off our off our plates. You know, oh Jake, oh shit, that's what I want to mention. Since we're recording, I might as well mention it now because otherwise up? I'll forget. Um, we should um the laptop idea. We need to get back onto that because yes, then I'll have the um yes. editing software. And yeah, recording software, we sure. wouldn't have to. Yeah, we wouldn't we have, have to, to like that fucking terrible shit we did last time. It was awful. It was terrible. Yeah, it was you know what? Bad. We're postponing the gaming channel until we can put it out there. As we, we are out here for quality, not quantity. Yeah, as much as I would love for people to see the climactic ending of that video we made, maybe <clears> we maybe we shelve that because I mean, Jake clutched up a uh, victory royale in Fortnite. It was pretty great. It's pretty great. It was. It, it was yeah. pretty cool. Jake, I mean, you know, John Wick anyway. needs your help. <laughs> All he needs is your credit card information. <laughs> He's in the middle of taking towers. He's about to hit a 50 bomb. <laughs> Just needs your mom's credit card information. <laughs> Chug Jug and a scar. <laughs> Jesus, what has this podcast become? Do you remember episodes one and two? We had actual work, effort, and thought into it, and now we just I goof just off. Spent two and days it. neglecting my homework to get this fucking episode out. Don't you fucking talk to me <laughs> about work? All right, two fucking days. I wanted to get my homework done before the weekend, so I'd be able to spend the weekend hanging out with my family. Not anymore. <laughs> Fuck, man, you did not just say that. <laughs> I can't believe you, man. I didn't neglect my homework. I should have. Sorry. Actually, let me, let me I, I'm specify. I'm way up to date on my homework, but I wanted to get some done ahead of time. Let, okay. let, sorry. I apologize. Let me reiterate. What I meant to say is the episodes themselves were very rigid, and we didn't really sidetrack too much. And look at where we're at right now. This is any crazy. Any of those episodes have over 100 fucking downloads, Wes. No. You're damn right they didn't. Because, right I mean, Ray Rivera Part 1 was our best one. It wasn't the best one for a while, and then Jack the Ripper Part 3 just beat it, which is weird because Parts two, 1 and 2 are way behind. But I was talking to one of our listeners that I happen to be dating, and um, – sorry, we were dating first. That sounds really predatory. Um, and they said that they loved Part 3 way more because it was way less like true crime and more kind of mystery, even though it was two hours of That's, us losing our That's uh, what I tell you. What did I tell you? What did I tell you? This is where we're at our best. By the way, just if we haven't reminded you in a few weeks, it was fucking David Cohen. It he was, was he's the Ripper. David Cohen, yeah. he, he's the killer. God. You know what's really going to suck? Go what back. If listening to our episodes out of order, and they listen to that one. They're like, well, shit, I was hoping it was going to be like Leather Apron or something. And then we just said, nope, he was no, just no, 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 Jewish. No. 
And a bit go of back and you listen to part three. You go to the last, what was it, 20 it minutes of part three? We saw minutes when we finally got to David going. But it was, it was at like 20 minutes where we start going over the polling and all these mm -hmm. people were like, they're just Jewish. <laughs> what? God. There's like a Wikipedia article I can't believe all the current suspects. There's like hundreds of them, but that website only included all the bad ones. Dude, I I, I know that's the craziest part. Like the, all the realistic ones, and David Cohen, who was the Ripper, was below. Yeah. <laughs> what was it? A, an unnamed other individual. Un people yeah. were choosing that. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> Christ. Uh, 135 down with some crop circles, nailings, and counters. I literally looked at that the first time. I'm like, what the. That makes no sense. <laughs> so if you are listening, please go back and listen to some of our other episodes. Uh, some good ones include Black Eyed Kids, which as of right now has 16 downloads. And uh, what? Zofan was pretty fun. That one only has 22. Yeah, they're not performing as well. What? So, Those are like our two best episodes. Like best episode. <laughs> like, Dude, go was it. Fun, if you're listening like, right, yeah. Trust me, if you're listening right now and you want to listen to us at our best, Goatman and Black Eyed Kids, that's us at our absolute best. Go back and listen to it. It's fucking great. If you, like, legitimately, if you enjoyed uh, the UFO Encounters episode and you have not listened to Black Eyed Kids, it is, I based um, UFO Encounters off Black Eyed Kids. Like, like yeah. you would love Black Eyed Kids. It's fantastic. And Black Eyed Kids was unironically funnier than Crop Circles and Encounters. <laughs> it was fucking hilarious I mean, we spent, it was like, so good crop circles and aliens encounters just like going up like describing shapes like <laughs> <laughs> whereas like black eyed kids was non-stop high octane action the whole time <laughs> all right we're rambling yeah we're but rambling. in fairness in fairness black eyed kids did not have a uh, weird tentacle porn do you remember that from the, the um, <laughs> <laughs> nor did it have Wes inserting a story he wrote himself about furries. Really weird, man. Why furries? I was trying to I was trying to think of something that would just like jar you and make you believe that it couldn't be real. <laughs> For some reason, I believed it was real until like the last second. <laughs> I think you actually got me real hard there. Uh, anyway, yes. Anyway, we got if you if you enjoyed um yeah if you enjoyed crop circles go listen to Black Eyed Kids also listen to Goatman because that one's fucking awesome too yeah, they're both Goatman's, incredible Goatman's it's us at our best put the most work in I would say well, so Goatman was like we we hit like a peak at Goatman and then we just rode that through Black Eyed Kids like those two episodes were high octane very fun I, say, I think I thought this one was pretty good I mean, this one I, Jake I love this one this one was great stuff from. Like, next week's going to be wild. But anyway. Teaser. So yeah, Twitter.com backslash half capital H talentless capital T. That's where you can find us. Please tweet us. Uh, you know what, Jake? Twitter.com at half talentless. Um, what's up? It's now as well Facebook.com slash half talentless i haven't created it yet but i'm putting it out there so is i that will even create how you know what facebook works We're... is it just slash uh don't know let's find out facebook facebook don't worry i got it oh 
Oh yeah, dude, that is how it works. Cool. Is it? Although half talentless might. Well, be I have to put my name as another podcast with like half talentless in it or something, or like talentless. We'll find. What? One. Anyway. Well, no, I don't. Get the fuck out! That's not real. Any danger of like trademark infringement? I think we're good. Which we should probably. No, we came up this first, Jake. Holy shit! We should probably do that, man. We have. Go do that tomorrow. Yeah, I don't even know how to do. Also, I should mention. I mean, it's not. I'm not confirming that it's real, but it's possible that we had a half talentless. News. creation before the yeah, half town no, 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 no oh shit i shouldn't have said it's possible that that existed at one point so technically we would have edited. trademark rights it had poor audio quality well we don't have trademark rights we did not trademark that less are you sure i'm absolutely sure hey jake do you remember go go back and find the date of our first episode real quick i'm gonna put that as our birthday what <laughs> was it March? April? Wouldn't get age restricted, dude. <laughs> no, no, I won't do it for this year, probably. Okay, hold on. Uh, our first episode was May eighteenth, twenty twenty-two. May eighteenth. All yeah. right. That was our first episode. We definitely do not have one. We had to delete for legal reasons. <laughs> i don't think anyone knows wes i think we're still good um yeah hold on is it gonna allow me to put podcast as my gender i just i would i wasn't sure Dude, yeah well, I, I think we both identify as male right so we can just do that i mean it's fine can it was a, create, okay. like, a Facebook page for like does it have to be an account? I'm working on it, Jake. It's loading. Are you making an account? Yeah. You just go Facebook.com page creation. Like look, what? page name half talent talent less. Did you just make a Facebook page after I just finished making a Facebook profile? Yes. Category podcast. God damn it, son of a bitch. Well, we are that's nice. Two idiots with no chemistry. Who are you just doing my a podcast? Wes, it's a great fucking description. There's no way I'm not using it. So. Jake does not get credit for that. I came up with that first Spotify. Came up with it, man. That sounds like. Oh no! Was it RSS? You wanna listen to? <clears throat> this is the top-notch quality you get from this podcast. Jake creating a oh, Facebook page. That's. <sighs> we made podcast. No, we are two idiots with no chemistry who have started a podcast. There you go. Why didn't you just put that? Uh, I just did that. Oh my god. Oh, oh my god. It. I. See, this is what I mean when I talk about what has our podcast become. So this is exactly what I'm referring to. Email and stuff, but I don't want to do that. Jake, put your phone number. 
Put your cell phone number. I'm really not going to do that. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. <laughs> put your, <laughs> Jake, put your phone number. I'll plug your phone number. <laughs> I didn't finish it. Don't worry. You're good. That's 90% could be anything. Do we have to it could be this. anything. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. You'll need okay, we're back. I cut out the phone number. All right. So Wes, that, that's it. I swear to God. That's this episode of Half Talentless okay. Podcast. Um, Jake's email is. <laughs> Please do not. That would give be so good. I should, I should do that. Stop giving out my contact information. Uh, <laughs> Jake, how are the people supposed to get in touch with you? Jake's Discord is. Uh, that'd be a good one to give, right? People can just randomly join our our calls while we're recording. Uh, no, that's a bad idea. All right, fine. Well, that's it. That's been this episode. Tune in next week for our final install. Uh, install final installation of the skinwalker ranch uh saga jake is gonna get us into the craziest shit so i know you've heard some wacky stuff already um but it's it's getting crazier Wes, it's getting what where's the picture of what uh the podcast image i found it okay oh that's what you're still doing that while i'm entertaining yeah. people this is the dynamic here. All right, and you get on my, you get on me for you know dropping a fucking gimp suit joke. Get out of here. <laughs> I stand by that though. That is a a perfect description, and absolutely creepier. What's creepier, a tracksuit and a visor or a gimp suit? Uh, definitely the visor. Seven, the visor. seven foot. Are you joking? Seven feet tall. Get out of here, dude. Because it's not you know it's not a suburban the visor golfer. Is like clinical, but the gimsu is personal. You know, you can have some fun with them. You can have some fun with them, gimsu man. You know what I mean? Not if it's like a, not if it's like one of those. Not not if it's like a creepy ass fucking. But it's not the right environment. What are you talking about? It's a, a floating refrigerator in the middle of Utah. That's terrifying. In fact, I think it's more terrifying if it's the quote-unquote right environment. Like, what kind of creepo is 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 setting up that shop? The the stop and shop with, you know, the seven-foot-tall gimp man. Wes, we've been rambling for like 20 minutes. Can we can we wrap this up? I wasn't sure how... Well, Jake, I can't see the time, so I'm not sure how much I have to pad for time. Wes, we're at an hour and 22 minutes. You're welcome. All right, that's it for this week. Thank you all so much for tuning in. We hope to see you next week again. <sighs> Sorry about that. As always, since Jake wants to fucking pause it, as always, um, I've been Wes. That's Jake. Um, please go check those two episodes um, that we Goat mentioned, Goatman and Black Eyed Kids. And until next time, which will be next week, I've been Wes. I've been Jake. And this has been... The Half Talentless Podcast. <laughs>